big thank you to everyone tuning in and a warm welcome to the podcast on starting and scaling AI ventures where I would host AI leaders from across the globe in an attempt to bridge the large gap of what it means to be AI powered and how you can help your organization get there. The second edition of this podcast features Prakalpa Sankar, the co-founder of Atlin, a modern data workspace. Like GitHub built a home for engineering teams, Atlin is building a home and a collaboration layer for data teams. Early customers of Atlin's platform have found that the company's data ops led approach, which focuses on reproducibility and automation, is helping data teams become 6 times more agile and increasing their time to insight by up to 60 times. Atlin is a part of Sequoia's third cohort of surge. Prakalpa previously founded Social Cops, the world's leading data for good company, also regarded by the New York Times as a global visionary. Social Cops built India's entire national data platform, which is used by Prime Minister Modi and every member of parliament in India. It's also the largest and fastest executed data lake project of its scale and size globally. They also power the UN SDGs monitoring as a global partner for the United Nations for numerous countries and by 2018 the impact had crossed over a billion people globally. Prakalpa has also been awarded the Economic Times Emerging Entrepreneur for the Year, the Forbes 30 under 30, the Fortune 40 under 40 and the Top 10 CNBC Young Business Women 2016. Thank you for taking the time out Prakalpa and a very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you Shantanam. Uh could you tell us a little about how Atlin came about and some interesting areas of work that you're undertaking as the founder of Atlin? Uh sure. Um so it's a interesting story so my tryst with um data science and data began began almost um now about 8 years ago. Um I was actually a college student in singapore back then and uh, started getting involved in data for good initiatives uh, so founded a company called social cops um, where our vision was to say hey there are these large scale problems out there like national level healthcare and poverty alleviation programs and these don't use data uh, and it seems like the world would be a better place if they do um, and maybe we should uh, do something about it so my co-founder varun and i founded the company uh, over a couple of years grew the company to being one of the world's leading data for good organizations uh did a lot of work with the united nations several large governments non-profits um uh, across a variety of data for good initiatives and our model was that we were basically uh, the data team for our customers because our customers didn't really have internal data teams or or technology teams for that matter so we would start right at strategy uh and then implement data initiatives end to end that's really where i learned everything uh, that i learned about building and running data teams uh, data teams can be really complex just because of the sheer diversity of the kinds of people that are involved so engineer analyst scientist business user uh, all these people need to come together and collaborate as effectively um, uh, to to really make a data project successful and all of them obviously have their own different dna and their tools and their technology um, and so a couple of years uh in you know when we started hitting a, a little bit of scale this was around 2016 you know the amount of you know data that we analyzed went up from you know uh, you know 2 million 
citizens to suddenly 500 million citizens, uh, there was a, uh, you know, a lot of chaos that really ensued from there. And we made it through, through those six months, just through a lot of hero mentality and passion and adrenaline. But we realized that, uh, you know, there was so much inefficiency in the way the analytics process and life cycle um, really worked typically that there was no way that we could scale like this. Like we've done 10 large scale projects this year. If we have to do, you know, 100 in the next few years, there's just no way our team could scale. And so we started an internal project called the assembly line project. Uh, the goal was to build out tooling to make our data team as agile and effective as possible. Um, and through a series of things that we executed across the entire analytics lifecycle, we'd made our team about six times more agile um, over uh, the next couple of years. Um, and that's sort of when we realized that uh, we'd inadvertently ended up building some stuff that was more powerful than we'd all intended to be. Um, and uh, Atlan was born with, with a very simple question. It was, hey, you know, these tools that we've built for ourselves, can they be helpful for data teams around the world? Um, so today, um, you know, my role at Atlin, um, you know, predominantly involves working with data leaders um, around the world um, and talking to them about, um, you know, understanding their challenges and saying, hey, how can we really help improve your, you know, uh, uh, project throughput by, you know, six to seven times? How do we increase sort of speed to insight? Um, and how do we do this by, you know, reducing the amount of resources and time that your, your team is spending? Uh, doing it. And so uh, a large part of my day is, is talking to data leaders around the world. Awesome. That makes sense. And uh, very, very interesting that you mentioned that this came up uh, and a lot of data for good came up and your entire entrepreneurial spirit very early in college, because I think a lot of us are doing very different things in college. And it's, and it's incredible as a journey to uh, <laughs> but getting, uh, of course, switching gears into when you mentioned that a lot of efficiency is missing in terms of analytics and when you speak to data leaders that comes out front and center yeah. wanted to understand from you what it means precisely to be agile for data teams and how is it particularly different from standard agile practices because does does any of the supporting teams of the data teams need to be agile as well mm -hmm. sure that's a great question so i mean i think fundamentally the first thing to even define today and honestly isn't even defined today is what is a data team, right? Um, in most organizations around the world, there isn't a standard data team. It's a set of people uh, and very diverse people that need to come together to make a data project successful. So if you think about uh, a data team, uh, it's inherently, I mean, if you think about an engineering team or a software engineering team, predominantly built by engineers, right? Uh, or if you think about a sales team, predominantly salespeople. But if you think about a data project, you need a data engineer to be able to collaborate with an analyst, to be able to collaborate with a business user, collaborate with a scientist or machine learning researcher. Like all these people have their own different DNAs. They have their own different ways of work. They have their own tools, skill sets. Um, and so that, you know, fundamentally makes, you know, the team itself a much harder team uh, to sort of be able to put together and then drive, you know, success with projects. I mean, for example, today, uh, only about 27% of data projects, big data projects are actually successful. Only 15% of businesses globally report that their big data projects have actually moved to production. Um, you know, and 77% of leaders actually say business doesn't adopt big data initiatives, um, right? Um, and um, if you think about why that is the case, like 
it's not like business leaders are saying, I don't want to adopt data. Uh, what there's, what's happening is that data projects are just taking way too long uh, and aren't able to really move at the speed that business really needs in most companies around the world. Now, on the other hand, when you think about agile and you know, fundamentally the principles of agile, um, agile really got you know, uh, extremely sort of popular in, in worlds of software engineering. Um, and if you think about software engineering, it's fundamentally different from data, right? Because if you think about data, data science, there is an element of exploratory, um, you know, it's called science for a reason, right? So there's an element of, of yeah. exploratory analysis that is really sort of, you know, the first step of anything with data. And so you can't just necessarily take, you know, agile and say, I'm just going to implement it the same way in a data team and expect it to work. Um, if you think about, you know, uh, in fact, there's a, um, you know, and, and at Atlin, we, we call ourselves the data ops platform, but there's this emerging discipline called data ops, uh, which is, you know, many people think is what DevOps was to, you know, the developer ecosystem. But if you fundamentally think about the principles, it's really bringing together principles of agile from the software world or DevOps from the developer ecosystem, but also principles from, for example, lean manufacturing, which is something that is, is very, very sort of uh, uh, mainstream in worlds like supply chain, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, making a data team agile is really about being able to bring these elements of, you know, exploratory work, making it work like a supply chain, moving things to production, and doing all of those in an agile and effective way. Right. And very interesting that you draw parallels with industries across the board, because I think a lot of us uh, initially miss that because it's not something that intuitively comes to us. And uh, I think that's that's something that's a very important parallel that you draw. And of course, wanted to uh, deep dive on how important you think is the move to agile and should, should we even be making the move to agile and say an agile way, or is there a particular way to do this? Yeah, sure. That's a great question. Um, now, I think the... Um, you know, I think an important thing to remember as a data leader, right? And if you're starting a, a new role, for example, as a chief data officer or as, a, or as a head of data science is to even begin by saying, why are teams not agile today? Um, yeah. And what you realize when you speak to data teams around the world is data teams, you know, don't lose time because model building takes too long or because, you know, data analysis is incredibly complex. Um, if you speak to data teams, they're going to be telling you, oh, getting access to data takes me, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, you know, data quality is a major problem. You know, data, you know, I think there's, there's a very famous, uh, insane, but very real stat that, you know, 80% uh, of the time that an analyst or scientist is spending is on, you know, data discovery and data prep and cleaning. Um, and it's those foundational activities that are really costing teams time. Um, and it's, it's because of those in many ways that teams are not really agile today. The second core reason that teams are not agile is because of collaboration overhead, right? So the conversation between a data engineer and an analyst and a business user. So business user gives you some specs. Analyst doesn't have as much context on the business. So they implement something. Business user can't see or feel it. So there's a back and forth same back and forth between an analyst and an engineer, right? When an analyst gives sort of specs for the engineer to move it to production, you know, when something goes wrong, you know, engineer can't pull out audit logs and say, oh, this variable looks incorrect, right? And so yeah. there's a lot of back and forth in that process. So those are fundamentally the two reasons because of which data teams are, are not agile today. Right. 
And so if you think about how do you make the move to agile, we found that, um, you know, a very core thing that data leaders need to do is they need to be able to create trust in the business and lead to outcomes faster because there are enough. I mean, there are so many customers that we speak to who say, you know, we've been, you know, we've spent millions of dollars on these, these big data initiatives and nothing has happened in the last three years. We fired two chief data officers in the middle, right? There's a lot of negativity um, from the business. And if you think about it from the business point of view, they don't actually have transparency into what a data team is doing. They don't understand that, oh, you know, data quality is this huge problem or, you know, oh, you got this data set that has 50% missing values. Like they don't get that, right? They don't understand that. And so the way I think about, you know, an ideal blueprint and what we advise data leaders we speak to is to say, if you think about your first 18 months, you need to split your activities into two streams. The first is what are the projects that I can focus on with my current team that can have the maximum business impact and have the maximum business impact fastest, right? So what are the low hanging fruits that I can hit to X so I can prove value? Um, and while doing that, the, what they need to do uh, in the background is to say, what are the foundational activities I need to invest in so I can improve my cycle time by over three to four times. Um, you know, I would align the team and say, hey guys, what, are, what can we do to do more with less? What's stopping us today? This could be you know, implementing a data catalog or an access control layer. Um, and so I would think that both of these activities need to sort of go together parallelly. Um, and while on one side of data leaders holding themselves accountable to business value that they're generating, um, every month they should also be holding themselves and their team accountable to cycle time and productivity in every sprint and work towards reducing it. And, and you know, you do that consistently over the period of six to 12 months, and you know, you have a fundamentally different transformed data team in the organization. Yep, and uh, very uh, thankful for that answer because I've personally faced a lot of the problems that you mentioned, and I've seen even, even on a LinkedIn survey that I recently ran, I think most people face uh, issues with very uh, ancillary problems that are not even core to what is being built of sorts. And, Zeroing down on a particular point that you mentioned about how some people in the organization need to be aligned to the fact that there is some business value to their roles. And uh, if, if there's, uh, and this is more from the perspective of say business leaders now, mm -hmm. uh, since the most common test of agile teams when you move to agile is yeah. productivity in terms of say an output or timely delivery, say a one week or a 10 day deadline of sorts. Yeah. Uh, does this particularly change for data teams when they move to agile or does that remain the same? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. <laughs> um, so this is going to be an answer that I think, uh, you know, data practitioners and data leaders are not going to find super popular. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think uh, we as data practitioners, you know, we preach to everyone else that we should be data driven. But you know, when it comes to us, we find it extremely easy to say, you know, data science is a science, you know, it's not engineering, you know, and we, we tend to shy away from, you know, measuring progress and productivity and cycle time. Um, now, I believe that everything can be measured um, and everything can be measured by breaking it down into the smallest units. Uh, so if you think about a data science lifecycle, right? Uh, yeah. There are some stages that are fundamentally experimental and then there are some stages that are not. They are supply chains and engineering practices. Um, and so if you think about that, you know, and break it down to the units, right? Um, what are your experimental stages? Your research design, your exploratory data analysis, 
you know, uh, um, and then, you know, you think about what are your uh, more engineering focused stages, right? These could be data cleaning or prep or pipelining. And so the way I think about it is, you know, you break all of those down uh, into those fundamental steps and then you figure out a way of measuring it. So for example, if it's a completely new problem statement, uh, you know, maybe the, uh, yeah, and you're in your research phase, then maybe cycle time. So saying, hey, I want an answer to this in one week isn't the right way of measuring that. However, you can think about that very much like a A-B experiment, right? So you could say, hey, this is the time, if, you know, that we're, you know, or these, this is the sprints or these are the sprints that we're focusing on research design. And at the end of every sprint, this is the way that we're thinking about measurable progress, right? And you're probably going to be running a couple of different experiments on test data during that phase. And you can measure those experiments and you can say, hey, you know, at the end of those sprints, this is, this is what I want to get to as a final output. Um, and you can always, so I, I think it's a function of, I don't think it's, you can take exactly what Agile does and put it to, in, you know, and to practice in a data team, but you yeah. can break it into small chunks. And then, you know, some things I think can run exactly like in a standard agile software team. And then some aspects of it, you figure out better ways of, of, of measuring, maybe even make it more similar. I mean, if you think about marketing teams, right? Marketing teams can actually come back and say the same thing, right? Websites are super creative, copy is super creative, right? But if you think about today, you know, there are enough AB testing platforms out there that have made that entire art into, you know, something that can be measured. And so I think you need to be able to think about also, you know, those aspects of data science and borrow from fields like marketing rather than engineering. Right. That makes sense because uh, you're very true in saying that it, it can't be put as is, right? Because a lot of things may be different. And uh, uh, and one point that you mentioned was in part of the DS life cycle, of course, there are some phases that are experimental and that some phases are not really experimental. And just extending that point into even some domains that are, say, a lot of what you can do in some domains may be experimental, may be sensitive, and a lot of times you can't do that anymore. So yeah. uh, do you feel that uh, one of the core things that comes with Agile is the minimum viable product, or a lot of people call it the minimum viable business product? Yeah. Uh, do you feel that could, uh, you know, that sort of agility could, in some domains, hurt the end users or the models in, you know, where, where you're deploying to, say, healthcare to predict people's lives or predict cancer at risk, or maybe HR tech where you're predicting engagement or attrition? Yeah, 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 that's a great question. Um, so I fundamentally believe that data initiatives at the end of the day should augment human intelligence until you're able to prove results that can allow you to replace a human in the process. So, um, and, and, and I, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, responsible, responsibility um, and, and building trust is something that is basically the role of every data practitioner, right? Like, I mean, nobody wants to build a model that, you know, causes somebody to be diagnosed with cancer when they don't have cancer or nobody wants to build a model when, uh, you know, an applicant who should rightfully get a job doesn't get that job. Um, and, uh, but, but, you know, models take time. I mean, they're straining data. There's a, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's very likely that there could be false positives and false negatives and those false positives and false negatives in some industries could have far worse repercussions than others. And so I believe that while you should use the MVP model to develop, uh, you know, uh, algorithms and data projects, and, you know, that's just 
a mentality of the team to be able to move as quickly as possible and you know drive value as fastest as possible i think when you think about deploying these uh, i think you have to be very very careful about the context that they're applied in and so for example uh, use you you know human in the loop processes until and unless you know your your models are at the level that you'd like them to be and i think it's also very important for data leaders to point these out to the business cuz you know business doesn't understand this right like business doesn't know that you know your yeah. your uh, what your probability score of getting it right could be or any of that right and they don't understand uh, for, and and i think it it also goes back to building trust because the minute you get one incorrect output from a model uh it yeah. is going to you're, you're going to lose the trust of the business and so i think communicating communicating really well about you know the the way the model was built the you know the the uh, inputs that are going into it and all of the limitations that it has um, and then creating fail safe ways so that at the end of the day the business and your customers and your users are not going to get impacted because your data uh, could have some inherent limitations i think um, is is incredibly important to do and uh, thanks a lot for that summary because i think it's very useful to uh, as you mentioned i think one of the best summaries i've heard on this has been to limit it to a particular space of the experimentation and maybe like a human in the loop or some other shape or form of including human input will be a very useful thing to avoid a lot of problems that could come in these domains yeah. and uh, i think spinning off to uh more uh, and and going a little more away from data science more to the product side of things uh a lot of people in organizations feel that they're very agile and in a lot of ways they wouldn't be because they take the term agile as is in the way they're thinking about it and not really in the way it should be implemented so uh what do you think could be the top things that you need in order of sorts before you build towards agile data teams mm. that's a great question um so to me there are possibly like three things that you know you need to sort of build out at a foundational level um before you can actually build out or get to you know agile so agile is not about implementing an agile process so just just because you you know you work in sprints it doesn't mean your team is agile um and so to me i think the the first of that and i keep coming back to this is business buying uh at the end of the day you know data needs to be able to create value for the business and so aligning to business outcomes and not fancy initiatives like i'm creating an ai bot is extremely critical um and um you know data leaders and most of us as data practitioners uh, are not the best at communicating to the business and helping them understand you know the challenges of the day to day so i mean i remember in our consulting days at social corps um i used to have literally a you know 70 slide presentation that i used to run you know my clients through who were obviously business users on the other side and i would literally tell them look this is you know the entire analytics life cycle so let's start with data acquisition these are all the things that can go wrong in this process uh, let's go into data quality uh this is what missing values look like this is where you know <laughs> these are the kinds of issues that can come up in this process right and being able to align them into that so that they understand so cuz in some ways i think you know as you build towards agility in your data team it's going to take 12 to 18 months and you're not going to have all the foundations ready and so you need to be able to sustain 
uh, sort of buy-in so that you're able to invest in a lot of the foundational activities that it's going to take to be able to make uh, these happen. And for that, building trust and communication and helping people actually look through the black box that data is, is extremely critical. Now, the second thing that I think from there is investing in foundational data initiatives. I talked a lot about this, but I mean, data discovery, I mean, even in the best of companies, data scientists spend 25% of their time looking for data and understanding context with data. Um, if you think about, you know, uh, you know, the amount of time spent due to data quality, like these are really, you know, hard things to get right. But when you get them right, it drives an amazing data culture. So, you know, for, for us at Atlin, you know, as we think of ourselves as a data ops platform that helps data teams, you know, become more agile, a lot of the stuff that we help do is just drive a lot of that foundational stuff and drive it in an agile manner as, as you go through. And so being able to sort of commit to invest in those uh, over time is extremely critical. Um, and the third thing is, um, is the data culture, especially the internal team culture. Um, at the end of the day, your data projects are not going to be successful, forget agile, if you're not able to make your, uh, you know, team work together. And this team is going to be cross-functional. So you're going to have a data engineer or data analyst, a data scientist. All these people need to be able to work together really effectively. And you need to be able to create a way where they're able to understand each other's languages and each other's limitations uh, and challenges. Um, and that's the first step, again, to be able, being able to build trust and help them really become agile. And I think those, without these three building blocks in my mind, a team is not going to be an effective agile team. Very glad that you uh, particularly spoke about the data culture, in fact, because I think uh, that I've personally seen break a lot of stuff that people build towards, maybe take months and years, and then it all crumbles down because you just didn't put one block initially where it should have been. Yeah. And uh, in fact, if you do have a snippet of that 70 slide presentation, I think <laughs> it'll be helpful for a lot of us to get <laughs> stuff going for people. Uh, yeah, actually, that's a great idea. Maybe we should open source it. So. <laughs> awesome. And uh, of course, I uh, think a lot of times another question springs up in, in terms of uh, domain-specific solutions, right? So when we were at Infido, I think one of the key things that we, we used to look for is we're very domain-specific, right? HR, tech, engagement, attrition, prediction. Mm -hmm. And uh, with a growing need, of course, for domain-specific solutions, a lot of teams are internally being divided into say, uh, this is your research team and this is your business front team. And uh, wanted to understand if uh, teams like on the research front, as you mentioned, right, a lot of time goes into even exploratory analyses. So in teams that don't necessarily have end results, how do you measure productivity on those fronts? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's a tough one. Um, so in my mind, I think that actually there should not be a data team structure that does not align people in the team to end goals uh, or end business goals. And by that, what I mean is I don't think that there should be structures that say you're only responsible for the initial research of this and not the final output. Uh, so I think a better way of structuring teams um, and, and having done this and experimented with a couple of different structures and things like that is is to actually break into short-term and long-term initiatives. So there are going to be short-term, business-critical, immediate stuff that you need to do. And then maybe you want to, you know, so maybe you build out like an initial attrition rate 
calculator, like maybe just like a simple index or something like that, that you calculate it right? in that short term. And you probably have a team and also the skill sets for driving some of that is, 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 is very different. Right. And then maybe you want to invest in, you know, a six months project that, you know, just takes that to the next level and, you know, uh, increases, you know, the, and, and really sort of bring in some data science and ML and, and things like that into it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think at the end of the day, both need to be measured by what is the business goal of either of those two initiatives. Um, but I think that, you know, short term initiatives are obviously much easier to measure longer term initiatives. The best way that I have found to measure it is to say, Hey, you know, can we, I guess, almost borrowing from like, could you implement almost unit testing or testing kind of methods, um, you know, similar to, uh, you know, in, in some other worlds where, or, or you almost AB testing type frameworks to break down the process, right? So in my mind, if you're doing like, say your six month project on something, maybe you're going to spend the first one month on research. And right. And there's a clear research output that you can derive at the end of that. And you can borrow from, you know, just the way, you know, researchers define some of this for themselves. Maybe then you have your exploratory data analysis phase, where at the end of it, you have your clean, you know, uh, uh, you have, you have a clean sort of, you know, data profile, you understand what your, uh, uh, how your different correlations look like and things like that. Uh, and then you have a clean uh, plan, for example, for your, uh, your data analysis and your data cleaning phase to say these are the steps. So maybe that's the that's the output really, right? Of your first step of the process. Uh, and then maybe you have experimental phases where you A-B test and then you use A-B testing as a way to measure it. So I don't think you can't measure it. Uh, um, I think productivity still can be measured and there are benchmarks to say, hey, these are, you know, this is how long this would take. And, you know, sure, if it takes one week more or one week less, that's fine. But you know, if, if, it, if it was supposed to take a week and it's taking a month, then there's something wrong, right? And then you can go back in and get that right. And I've seen that, you know, um, we used to do a lot of, you know, data science related stuff, super open ended stuff, things like how do you measure affluence um, at a building level in emerging markets, right? Like, I mean, super open ended questions. Uh, but we found that, you know, by refining this process, um, you know, we've been able to, uh, over time actually get to a place where our teams have been, you know, uh, have been able to actually very effectively estimate how long it's going to take to be able to answer a completely new question. I think it's very crucial that you, uh, bring up that particular open-ended question, because a lot of times now businesses are of course, moving towards very abstract questions to answer. And, uh, I think it's, it's a great suggestion to not break up these teams, uh, separately because. I think that'll also add to a building block that you mentioned on and, and a fundamental to, I think, trust building and formation within teams as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, moving uh, now towards, I think, uh, and, and you did touch up on this briefly as well, but wanted to see if in this entire transformation that you say is very imperative to data teams now, mm-hmm. is there a people element at play or like a you know, let me purchase because a lot of people say that, let me purchase these two, three tools. And I think maybe, uh, you know, my workflow will be smooth. So uh, what is your take on that front? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, I think there's actually a very dominant people as well as a tool, um, uh, sort of, uh, uh dynamic in play. Uh, yeah. uh, the first I think is fundamentally the people. Um, so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, everything in a data project is about the people. Um, and at the end of the day, the people uh, in your team need to be sort of united to, to be able to achieve your end goal, right? So for example, 
if your your team needs to want to be agile right uh, if your team doesn't want to be agile like no matter what to, and this is i think not to just for like a data team i think this is true for any team right <laughs> if they don't want to be agile they're not going to work towards being agile yeah. um and so i think the first step is that um i believe you know uh, in data teams it gets even harder than normal teams because normal teams at least you know when it's the same kind of people right like i mean a software engineer two knows what it's like to be a software engineer one not really true for like you know data and this is no idea the challenges that a data engineer is facing right yeah. um, and so i think getting the team together uh, in fact i mean um, you know something that we found to be super helpful is actually starting out by you know with like a overall sort of long term sort of discussion uh, with the team where you know you just bring the team together in a workshop uh, prior to that you hopefully have made them read some of these these great books on agile and things like that so you know everyone sort of gung ho about the whole concept of being agile and then they come in and you know you start by saying hey guys like why are we not agile today like and you come up with your laundry list of of ideas and suggestions and and problems uh, and you throw it out there and hopefully that's a great way for you know the teams to also get to know each other right so for example a data engineer is probably going to tell you you know like you know i push something to production and then you know once you know the your final data actually goes on the dashboard then you come and tell me that you know it's incorrect and so i need to like redo this entire thing and i push to production again so you know a lot of these small issues uh, that cause frustration in the team and uh, you know a loss of time in the team start coming out through that and people start developing empathy right um, you know they they're able to understand uh, the challenges of of the different folks in the team i would actually you know recommend that even business is a part of this discussion because at the end of the day they are the ones who are looking at that final dashboard number right and saying they're incorrect so you know i think that's a great way of starting with building empathy and also galvanizing the team towards saying we want to get better we want to get like six times more agile and more productive uh, and i think the next stage to that is is really tooling uh and and the technology foundation um i i think there's you know that plays a really really important role in the entire process right so right from if you think about the analytics life cycle right from you know data discovery to uh you know uh, data prep so for example like how do you templatize data prep uh, how do you templatize you know data cleaning so for example like uh, we have this this one thing in atlin that's super powerful where we have something called templates for cleaning hacks what what they are are basically think of these as reusable r scripts python scripts sql scripts uh, that are sort of modularized which means that you know uh, a new analyst who comes on the team doesn't write their own cleaning script they just pick up a template and use it as a part of their product workflow so you know you want to think about those different kinds of of tooling that you want to bring in at different stages some of this would be you know external tools that you can bring on board some of these would maybe be even internal builds uh, that you can start with i mean it can start with something as simple as you know a library on r right um, and and you know getting those together uh, to actually enable uh, you know your your team to get through those agile goals and ideally i would suggest even measuring these right so um in agile there's or standard agile there's this practice called retrospective uh, and uh, you know i think doing that you know every two weeks or every month and having the team actually reflect and say oh we've made progress with this and this is working for us we're not making progress with this we need to move faster um i think uh, that practice is super helpful and powerful uh, to really sort of get to you know be a truly agile team a very very interesting point that you uh, mentioned as well on on the people versus tool front because i've seen a lot of people uh, say you know that my data teams are probably not efficient because 
maybe they're missing targets because they don't have the right tools in place and uh, that could be in in a lot of places right but i think that is not as you mentioned the fundamental right if your team doesn't want to be agile they don't want to be agile and, yeah, uh, yeah pretty much i mean i have i mean to i think it also depends a lot on context i mean i've had yeah. you know there have been data teams i've worked with where you know their their companies have not bought them the right computing power right so they're you know they literally can't process data on their laptops for okay. uh, uh, for the skill that they're handling so i think i think leaders um, need to realize that data at the end of the day is a business function and a value driver and not a cost function like a standard you know it team uh, and i think that's critical and you know getting you know business leaders to be able to you know say hey we need to invest in the stuff because you know without that investment you know you're not going to get anywhere with your data initiatives i think that's that's important uh but but i agree that it's it's not necessarily the first thing that that needs to happen very true and um of course uh, i think switching gears to answer something that i think will be on a lot of people's minds when the shift is happening say to agile because uh the product manager now i think plays a pivotal role in the transformation because in other forms and in a lot of other uh say like a waterfall as well the pm has a central role in terms of uh, rallying together multiple teams so uh, you know does does data literacy come in play here because as uh, the teams move to agile and the teams move towards a different transformation i think the person in the center of it will have to understand what each team is all about and wanted your take on if data literacy is something that's becoming some sort of a necessary or a imperative skill set in teams central to building these data products yeah yeah that's a great question and i think it's honestly uh, i think i mean in in our uh, it's social cops in our consulting days uh, you know hiring a project manager yeah. was the hardest thing that we could do uh, right like how do you hire this you know rock star who can understand the business the you know data engineering analysts scientists ml models and then you know still keep the team together and, and i think it's a really tough role to hire for um what we're seeing happening in the ecosystem is uh, uh you know there's actually a new role called the data product manager that is starting to evolve yeah um, and uh, you'll actually see that it's not just data literacy i feel like data literacy is a easier thing right i mean data literacy in its core form is can you understand and you know read data and can you use it to make decisions i think you know data literacy is going to be important for every single person in the organization in the new world right so if you think about an airbnb they have something called data university every single person in the company you know learns to become data literate um, you know in uber every every single employee is running like you know 400000 queries a day or something is is what they're running on a daily basis right uh, uh, and so i think data literacy will become important for everyone i think for a data product manager it's going to have to be a, a lot deeper than just data literacy uh, i actually believe that in in the longer run you'll actually see more data analysts uh, you know scientists starting to become data product managers in the future uh, you'll see uh, i mean and, and you'll see this with with even like i mean software engineers ended up sort of then taking on like product management for software products as as a role i i think a, a natural kind of ecosystem will start developing where analysts and more sort of um uh, practitioners start moving into these data pm kind of roles um and i i do think that uh, you know anyone who does take on a product management role in a in a in a data function is going to have to make sure that they know their shit right they they need to know um uh, you know the the nitty gritties of of challenges with data even if they're not a practitioner i think they need to be able to have uh, to go into that detail and learn what it takes 
uh, uh, for different stages of the analytics lifecycle. It's very uh, that's a very interesting viewpoint because I think we've uh, faced our personal shares of hiring that pivotal role as well. I think it's very crucial that uh, people get get this right. And I think thanks thanks a lot for an incredible forty five minutes of conversation on this, and very thankful for you to. Uh, speak about agile data teams because I think this is going to be the future of sorts of data teams and very thankful for you to take out the time for this. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It's my pleasure, Shantanu. Thank you so much for having me on the on the podcast. I hope this was helpful and enjoyable for everyone who tuned in. And please keep watching this space for more. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Starting and Scaling AI Ventures. Goodbye.